Welcome into the Shy Guys Football Podcast. Before we begin, I'd like to take a moment for our salute to service. As a veteran of the United States military, it was my distinct privilege to have experienced some of the most incredible support from our civilian counterparts. From care packages while we were deployed, to programs that enable us to take care of and provide for our families with a stable foundation while we're away, and everything else that you can imagine, your support has truly been the difference. If you are looking for a way to support our troops or are someone who already has been, then I encourage you to consider some of the following nonprofit organizations. All of them make an incredible difference. Please visit thewoundedwarriorproject.com, the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society at nmcrs.org, the Special Operations Warrior Foundation at specialops.org, freedomservicedogs.org, and hopeforthewoundedwarriors.org. For those who need the help, they deserve it. Let's make sure we take care of our troops. Football fandom, welcome to Shy Guys Football Podcast, your weekly source for fantasy football news and advice. I'm Donnie Mack. With me, as always, is Anthony McCassett. How's it going, everybody? And we've got a special guest in the studio today. Why don't you introduce yourself to all of our fans out here? Uh, my name's Chrissy Lukasik, but everybody just calls me Peanut. And yes, yes, I am the wife. She's also my <laughs> wife. Well, you jumped into that before I was going to, so you weren't going to get away without saying that. Yeah. Well, we, we've got a great show for you as always, but don't forget before we get started to like and subscribe. We're going to be bringing you all of our regular features segments. We're going to be starting that off with our Pandora's Box segment, which has already become a bit of a fan favorite. We've been getting some feedback about this segment that this is very interesting for a lot of people and they're looking forward to it. So, Why is it all the nightmare segments for me to put together are all the favorite <laughs> ones? What is? Because they're the most exciting. I, if you say so. Man. Yeah, because because anyone I you know I could sit here and put together put together news no problem. That's easy. No, that's fair. All right. You so know. we got to give them something that they actually want. They can you just know, go look these fun predictions. They're a little bit fun for me too. Yeah. So all right. So we've got week seven in the bag. Mm-hmm. What have we got? Weird our, week. Yeah, very much mm-hmm. so. So what have we got for our Pandora's box? on week seven jumping right in going into the pandora's box uh this week i'm going with Corey davis a name that has scarred the souls of <laughs> fantasy football managers everywhere over the years now look I, I know this guy was a top top 10 pick i believe i want to say coming out of mizzou uh going over the titans and he just over the years has not really gotten much done right well quietly he's been having a really solid wide receiver year uh you know he's only played in four games this season so far because he's got hurt right so he's missed three games and it's essentially been keeping him off the radar because he hasn't topped over 13.6 points yet this season however his lowest game was also 9.4 points on six targets so the volume is there for him and he's got this narrow little band that he's been finishing in Mm -hmm. and it's when you're going through the bye weeks, this time of the season, right now where we're at, you know, uh, injuries are piling up. Corey Davis is someone who is pretty much getting you double-digit points every time he plays. Now, you know, he, he's never had less than 80% snaps uh, except for only once this season. 29 targets so far across the four games he's played in. And next up, he's got Cincy. Ryan Tannehill is going to just go nuts. And so how do you how do you not like Corey Davis this week, right? I mean, looking back at it, the the reason why everyone's so nervous about him is because we've trusted him before. He was a top 10 pick. We all knew the talent was there. <laughs> Think about C.D. Lamb this year, right? Mm-hmm. And so the thing about Davis is he had Mar- Marcus Mariota throwing the ball. So now that Tennessee actually has a real quarterback pitching the ball around, Davis is stepping up, and he's looking good. I don't think he's ever going to be the player that we were hoping he's going to be. Sure. A.J. Brown's kind of AJ Brown's got that on lockdown he's shown us what you know that's what we were hoping Corey Davis was going to be I don't think he's going to get there but there's plenty of teams around the league that have great second options at receiver and Tannehill is proving that he can be a quarterback that can support that yeah well and I mean like you've mentioned a few times in there that floor that reliability for sure and especially Mm -hmm. at this point in the season it's really refreshing to have something like that. that's money at this time of the year 
Well, sure. there you go, everyone. There is your Pandora's box for this week. And I, I think you're going to hit big on this one. I think this is going to be a very good one to hang on to. We'll see. I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely a name to keep on, the, keep on your rosters. You don't necessarily have to play him, but he's good to have in case you get into a pinch, for sure. Yeah, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Couldn't have told me that before I dropped him. <laughs> I did tell you that before you dropped him. <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm going to be well, moderating a, a little bit different type of show today than, than expected. Uh, all right, so moving on. <laughs> but before they get, this gets too out of hand, moving on to our news, notes, and injuries from around the league for Week 7, and we have a big one to start us off. Odell Beckham Jr., OBJ, torn ACL, done for the season. Yeah, done bunny, man. Uh, Richard Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones will be the you know speculative ads here. Peoples-Jones more for like the deeper leagues, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's a rook, but keep an eye on him as well because he's, he's looked good. And to be honest with you, his seventh-round draft stock, that, that really only happened because of off-the-field stuff, stuff that really sh- shouldn't be too big of a concern here. Uh Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper are really the only real plays that I would say coming out of this news. I'm 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 not I'm not dying to go get Higgins or even People's Jones, right? Um Jarvis and Hooper I think are only really plays in matchup based scenarios even at this point. And so with OBJ missing, it's gonna open up some other stuff, but really it just increases the ceiling for Jarvis and Hooper. Other guys are gonna mix in and it's just gonna be really hard to predict. Yeah. Well, also in our news this week, uh, Deshaun Jackson's return to action did not last long. Uh, suffered an ankle injury and is out for the next six to eight weeks. Uh, Jalen Rager, though, has a shot of coming back. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's trending up, so we'll see. Keep an eye on that. That's going to be closer to game time. Yep. Uh, we've also got uh, Jeff Wilson with a high ankle sprain. Um, and we an update for Tevin Coleman. They're saying they're hopeful for week eight. Hopeful is but, good. If you've been hanging on to him, you've been hanging on for a long time. So you'll take hopeful at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm you know thinking, you can talk. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring it out of you. This is audio. <laughs> yep. Uh, also, we have uh, Philip Lindsay was looking great, uh, but took a concussion against the Chiefs. Yeah, he was looking good in that game, too. Yeah. Oh. yeah he looks good a lot. Um, but you also got to remember. He's scrappy. Yeah, he is scrappy. He just goes, goes, goes. Um, you also got to remember Andy Dalton will be in con- Concussion protocol two, which is about what two weeks. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we've also got uh, Chris Carson with a midfoot sprain. Uh, no surgery, but will be week to week. Hmm. Oh damn. Yeah. So in, with with Chris Carson missing with the Liz Frank, so that's that's kind of a tough one because we don't really know how severe that is. We do know Liz Frank can be severely damaging uh, for any players that suffer this injury. So he's he's not having to have a surgery, but in, in the meantime. Carlos Hyde will be the main beneficiary here. Now, he's a little bit banged up, too, so you can definitely uh, roster Homer, especially in deeper leagues or, you know, player-to-player, player you know, team-to-team uh, situations there. You know, it depends on what's on your wire. It's just, as our advice always goes, keep in mind that it what the, the information that we give you guys it's to dependent, totally dependent on your team and your league, right? We're not when we give you a player that's it. We're saying, hey, look for this guy. This guy's going to blow up. We're not saying take out your RB one to put him in, right? right. You know, it's going to do what makes sense, fit them in where you can, or if you're solid, you're solid. You know, just hold on to them and possibly use people as a trade trade bait, right? And so there's a lot of different things that you could do. Know your league, know your points, your your point system, your format will heavily dictate how you need to go about uh, handling your league, and you know, know your team. And uh, if you have any questions, of course, tweet at us, email us, comment down below. We'll answer them. We'll get you guys squared away. Most definitely. All right, moving back to our news, notes, and injuries. Uh, another one that we had a bit of a late addition to on our list, uh, Chris Godwin, broken finger, had surgery for it, could be back for week nine. Uh, we also have... That's what, his third injury this season? Yeah, right. That's fantastic. We have Kenyon Drake. Um, we've heard mixed reports, but looking like high ankle a few weeks as to be expected. Uh, Deontay Johnson got hurt again, but it looks like he's no danger of missing week eight. Uh, we've got Debo Samuel suffered a hamstring injury, should miss next week. Uh, we've got Hooper missed with an appendectomy procedure, uh, likely to be out one more week. Yeah, how crazy is that? He, he missed this week because he got rushed to the hospital to go to get his appendix taken out. Yeah. I mean, did, did, you, did you catch that before with your lineup? Uh, no, unfortunately. Oh, man. Yeah, that was like crazy last second, wasn't it? Uh, oh, actually, you know what? I did. I did catch it. Now, now, that, now that you bring it up, I completely <laughs> forgot because you know, being in two leagues, I, I didn't know about that in going into the week. I didn't find out till after. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I hit on that like right at the last second. I happened to be like, oh, games. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah. What did you, what did you do for your surprise replacement? Um, I believe that was 
if I'm not mistaken, that was the league that I threw in uh, uh, Cook. Jared Cook, yeah, yeah. okay. I, I think you remember he's talking about Which, that. Which, yeah. amazingly, being available on our wires. Yeah, that was crazy. That was good. And he, he was a featured on our streamer show yeah. as well. So, see, I listened. There we go. I watched the show. <laughs> I watched myself watching the show, but I watched the show. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, let's see. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, there we are. You got me so <laughs> sidetracked. Antonio Brown, uh, this one, not so much an injury update here. Um, signing with the Bucks. Um, are we going to have a big impact here? Yeah, with Antonio Brown signing with the Buccaneers, you know, it was kind of weird with uh, Bruce Arians earlier in the season saying, hey, no, he's just not a fit. We're not going to look at him. And then all of a sudden, here he is on the team. And no, it had nothing to do with Tom Brady. Okay. <laughs> sure, sure, Bruce. Uh, so... <laughs> With Chris Godwin missing now, th- that was a weird re- that was a weird surprise report. Following the game on Sunday, we just found out that he broke his finger and he's likely to miss next week. He should be back the week after that. So what I would have anticipated is Godwin in the slot, Brown at Brown and Evans on the outside, and Brady's been slinging it. So the way Brady works is what makes, what's made him such a successful quarterback is he just throws to the open guy, right? He doesn't really care about hyper targeting at all unless your name is Gronk, right. and so. Um, it's Gronk though. You throw to him when he's covering it, it doesn't matter. But with AB coming to the team, we got to see what he looks like. I would say, I would have to figure he's going to be, it's going to be a little bit of a slower start. He hasn't played football in a long time, man. He's had a lot of stuff going on now. Supposedly he's matured. So his off the field issues will be, you know, shouldn't come. Yeah. Uh, We'll see. Well, this, that, well, this is why you don't bet too much on Antonio Brown, right? So if you're going to pick him up off the wire, you're going to stash him. Don't get rid of a top notch option to get him. Don't bet too much money on this guy because he has burned you in the past, right? He's a high risk. Perry. We also don't, yeah, Perry. <laughs> we also, what was that, like 90 fab? 95. Yeah, oh, something Lord. like that. Um, you know, we don't know what he's going to look like. We don't know what he's going to look like in the system. Mm-hmm. You know, what this effectively is going to do is this is going to cap the ceiling for all three guys, and including Gronk, too, really. And... Um, I think Chris Godwin would be the only one that I'd feel really comfortable starting. And obviously you can't even put him in next week. So, right. you know, this is going to be, this next week will be a perfect week to see how they introduce him. And it, supposedly he was supposed to be coming on as an ancillary piece. He's not supposed to be featured supposedly. So we'll see how that shakes out. Yep. But as far as implications go, not too much more than what we've already seen from the season so far. Cause we've seen Mike Evans be up and down. We've seen Chris Godwin be mostly hurt, but be productive when he is in. And I don't, really see any of that changing to be honest with you like i said it's just going to cap those the the number on those big games yeah that's all so keep an eye out we'll see what happens uh finally rounding out our news on something a little more positive uh head coach ron rivera completing his last round of cancer treatment i love ending a positive note yeah it's nice it's nice to have some good news after all the injuries and all the all the bad stuff for sure all right, well, that'll do it for this week's news, notes, and injuries, but we move on to our studs and duds from week seven, and starting us off with our studs in the quarterback position, we have Justin Herbert, 38.5 points, and he earns himself the honor <laughs> of being this week's Shy Guys Football King of the Moment. And I think what's really impressive here, looking at the stat line, we were talking about this earlier, mm-hmm. 27 for 43, and yet still for 347 yards. That's crazy. And then three touchdowns. Yeah, dude went off, man. He yeah. had a rocky start, but he came on in the second half and just dominated. These yeah. last three games, he's just been looking so good. He's been looking good, period. Yeah, mm-hmm. and well, and that's that's what he's doing right here on our king piece, as our king of the moment is. We, had, we took someone who we expected to be decent, and then has just progressively week after week impressed. And As a rookie, he's in the top half of the quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks of the league. It, I mean, that's I don't care who you are. That's yeah, impressive. in a season that that has had some very significant quarterback weeks for sure. Which you are going to hear more about in a second because just looking through this list of studs from week seven, <laughs> yeah, it's going to take us a minute to get through. We this. could fill this entire show with how well the quarterbacks did. <laughs> that's not. Yeah, no, no, no. So we're going to fly through some of these um, coming in just behind Justin Herbert, thirty-seven point one points. We had Kyler Murray. Also having a pretty significant day, uh, 34 for 48, 360 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, no surprise with the next name on the list. Uh, Tom Brady, 36.9, uh, 33 for, for 45, and 369 yards, and four touchdowns, uh, and with a rushing touchdown as well. I mean, Yeah, I think that was one of his goal line things. Yep. Uh, but, but not to be outdone, we've got a few other quarterback names here, and I want to toss it over to 
to Peanut here. Got my boy. I have him in both my leagues. Uh, we have Russell Wilson, 32.9 points. He went 33 for 50 and did 388 yards, three touchdowns, <clears throat> three interceptions. <clears throat> we just won't think about <laughs> yeah, that or talk about that. A little bit rocky there. <clears throat> yeah. As I'm relying on him to win me my fantasy this week, <laughs> those interceptions killed me. Uh, but he did run for... You know, six carries for 84 yards, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, right behind him, we've got Joe Burrow, 32.6 points. He went 35 for 47, 406 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Um, he did run, you know, six times, 34 yards. He did fumble three times and lost one of them. So um, then there's Baker Mayfield, 30.8, 22 for 28, 297 yards, five touchdowns. One interception. Yeah, Baker's week was huge. It seems like since he doesn't want to do anything but give up QB1 performances. You yeah. know? <laughs> and, and I just want to point out, that's six names, quarterbacks, above 30 points. For mm-hmm. sure. I mean, we got even more. Check this out. I mean, not above 30, but... Yeah. <laughs> looking at the... Uh, rounding out some of the top QB performances of the week, we actually have Carson Wentz at 28.8. Aaron Rodgers at 27.3. Deshaun Watson at 24.2. Drew Brees at 23.7. And Daniel Jones at 21.7. I mean that's that's a ton of quarterbacks finishing yeah. over twenty points, and to to go along with that, to be honest with you, some honorable mentions here. You were actually happy if you started Derek Carr as well with nineteen point three, Teddy Bridgewater with nineteen point two, Gardner Minshew with nineteen point zero, or even Matthew Stafford with eighteen point four. You know, I yeah, mean, just, I, you'd be hard pressed to find a fantasy owner who didn't have a good quarterback week. It's it's almost hard. Yeah, you know, you'd have to try to not play good. someone that's that, that got you good points that week that's how you know it's a good season because it all starts with the quarterback position too right and they're going to feed the other fantasy positions as well so the bigger weeks quarterbacks have the more bigger weeks we're going to have from receive more receivers more running backs all that jazz yeah for sure well speaking of running backs uh we've got a surprising name at the top of our running back list for this shocked everybody jeff wilson yeah jeff wilson jr getting the top spot with 31 points 17 carries for 112 yards and three tds man it was supposed to be the jarek mckinnon show what happened man it, it, it got nuts um and i don't know what that what the deal is with shannon but this is why we were a little bit concerned with raheem oster going into the season right we were worried about how much we could rely on him now apparently mckinnon was rest was getting rest after such a large workload going going into that game and you know it's hard to trust anything out of that San Francisco backfield right now, but it should be McKinnon and Hasty moving forward. Keep yeah. an eye on Coleman because if that comes in, that's going to complicate things. I would say that's going to more nice catch yeah. handicap Hasty than it would McKinnon. I would still have McKinnon and Coleman as both pretty solid starts, but Hasty looked good too. So it's going to be hard to predict. This is what Shanahan does, and this is why it's hard to trust that backfield. This is the only reason why Mostert fell as far as he did in the drafts, for sure. Uh, moving right along, we have James Robinson at 29.7 points. He had 22 carries for 119 and one on the ground, and then another four receptions on six targets for 18 yards, but another TD. Just having a lights-out season. Yeah. As a rookie, I, I don't I don't know where this dude came from, but he's just been playing He's been playing great. Yeah. And for an offense that wasn't supposed to do a whole lot, you are more than happy if you got him. I am so angry at myself now for sleep. <laughs> when I saw I, – I had the chance to go after him in waivers just like everybody yeah. else did once the team released Leonard Fournette in the preseason, right? I was like, eh, eh, how much are we re- – even if he hits, how much are we realistically – Right. I didn't think it would be an RB1. <laughs> All right? That, my bad. Yeah. And then <laughs> – Finishing rounding us out here with the running backs, we'll, we're going to go over Todd Gurley with 20.2 points, Jamal Williams with 19.4 points filling in for Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara with 18.8 running all over Carolina, Antonio Gibson having himself a day with 18.8 points. He looked yeah. good. Mm-hmm. I think he had over 20, 20 carries in this game and then quite a few passes out of the backfield as well. He, he finally got his touches. Was still out-touched by J.D. McKissick. Or out-snapped. Was it out-snapped? I think it was out-snapped. I think out-snapped. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of weird, but we'll see what it is like moving forward. Hopefully, right. this is a good sign of things to come. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't jump too hard on it yet, but this should be a good indicator. Uh, Gio Bernard with 18.1. Chase Edmonds with 18 points. He's going to be... This This is where Chase Edmonds should be. Yeah. You know, with Kenny Drake going down, we'll get to that a little bit later. Kareem Hunt with 17.7. All performing well for the week, man. Not a terrible week for running backs. No, no, not at all. Um, we also had some big names here under the wide receivers, and I'm going to let you read these off because I know there's a name you want to read <laughs> oh, and a name there... you very much don't want to read. Yeah, they're back-to-back. And I'm <clears throat> going to make you read them both. All right, so after Lockett was having a 
Mm, wonderful few games there. Getting like four points and stuff. He is finally back. Mm-mm, hot locket. <laughs> we are at 45.5 points. Uh, won me my wow. dynasty league. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, that, that could almost. Any league. Yeah, I was going to say, that <laughs> could almost single handedly win you. It was beautiful to watch him and Russell connect. Uh, 15 for 20, 100 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, However, <clears throat> number two on that list Devontae Adams. <laughs> Almost cost me my win in redraft. 38.1 points, 13 for 16, 196 yards, and wow. two touchdowns. Yeah, I wasn't using very friendly language <laughs> when watching that game. It was quite colorful. Mm. And last, we've got, um, just rounded up, we got some mentions. Um, we have Deontay Johnson at 24.5, AJ Brown at 24.4, DJ Moore at 23.3, and Tyler Boyd at 22.2. Not bad at nope. all. Well, rounding out our studs of the week, we have our tight ends. And this was quite the tight end week as well, too. Well, it was National Tight End Day, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thing. That's a that's thing Sunday, now. Yeah. yeah, it's a thing, right? Apparently, it was made up by Kittle and Jimmy G over yeah. in San Francisco. And it like caught Two years on. ago yeah, or something they were on, saying? Apparently. Well, you know what? They had that day. Well, the tight ends. These tight ends well, some had did. that day. Yeah, too bad Kittle didn't. No, but, but. Hey, mine got an honorable mention just saying. But we, but we did have Harrison yeah. Bryant. We had Harrison Bryant come up as a top uh, tight end performer of the week. And, you know, that was on the back of two touchdowns, 19.6 points on five targets with four receptions for 56 yards. Those two TDs, man, they make such a difference, don't they? Yeah. Um, we'll get to him a little bit later. Hockey Lees. Uh, Hockey Lees coming in with 14.4 4 points, rather, going five on six for f- 59 and one. Darren the Walrus with 14 points going six on nine for 50 and one. Logan Thomas finding the end zone for a second straight week in a row, tallying 14 points on four targets for 60 yards and the TD. Uh, Peanut, you had some uh, tight ends that you wanted to talk about about as well, though, didn't you? Yeah, I did. So actually, one of them is mine. But we have Gronk at 13.7. We had Richard Rodgers at 11.5. We have Gerald Everett, which I have. I made the switch instead of putting Higby in before he was actually out. He got 10.8 and Jared Cook at 10.7. Yeah, that, that Gerald Everett touchdown of the game really saved his performance. Yes. That, there, was, there was not a lot going on in that Monday night game. No, no. he. I'll, I'll complain about that a little bit later. <laughs> he is looking better, though. You know, I, I have both Higby and I have Everett, and sometimes it's a hard decision, but honestly, based on like what you were saying, I do agree that Everett is more the go-to guy for getting the points, while Higby seems to be better at blocker. Yeah, I mean, granted, he he wasn't in that game in month, month, month M U N D T, I think. Yeah, I I can spell it. I can't say it. So he he seemed to take the place for Higby, and yeah, he was utilized a little bit, but it didn't seem to take too much at all away from Everett. So that's good to know if Higby ever misses. Yeah, well, that'll just about do it for our studs of week seven. And before we get to our duds, I do want to give a quick shout out just to annoy one person at this table. To the Kansas City defense of Week 7 for putting up 26 points. Now, if you heard us talking about some of these other position players that are, you know, putting up 20 points as a great week for them, and then you've got a defense putting up 26, I had to to say it. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's going to frustrate any opponent. I overcame my opponent. Perry <clears throat> had Devonte Adams and the Chiefs defense, and I still pulled out a win. <laughs> I'm just saying. See, there you my go. My team's awesome. That just shows you how bad his team is. <laughs> I mean, some of the players. <clears throat> hey, I had Freeman who got me like point eight. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, that injury Thursday night. Yeah. Mm. Yep, that'll happen. All right, let's move before we get too sidetracked here now. Too, <laughs> let's move on to our duds of Week Seven, and starting back with our quarterbacks. We have Sam Darnold, 1.8 points in his return to action. Ooh. 12 for 23, 120 yards, two interceptions and a fumble. That'll that'll tank any quarterback's points for the week. Uh, we've got Cam Newton, 2.8 points. Jeez, these, uh, these numbers. <laughs> like, I had to do a double take on it's these. the duds category. What do you want, man? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nine on 15 for 98 and three interceptions. Ouch. I'm sorry if you were playing him this week. Uh, we've also got uh, Jimmy G back on our list here with 9.5. Yeah, I mean, really, he didn't really need to do anything, right? But it's still, it's annoying. Yeah, it is It is annoying. I mean, yeah, we get it that sometimes a player doesn't really need to be 
the spotlight for that week, especially when a quarterback, when they just don't need to be throwing a lot, they don't need to be making those big points, but you still kind of want to see him put up something, right? We still look for it. We like to see the production come up, even when it's not totally required. Sure, but I mean, you know, in all honesty, when it comes to fantasy football, it, it, it's fun to poke fun at the poopers, yeah. right? It's it's <laughs> it's great when it's your guy who's in the studs category, right? It's this is a game is supposed to be fun, right? And so we want to make it fun, and yeah. so you know where we can have some fun with the guys that didn't do so well. It's just a friendly jibe. That's yeah. all it is. But at the end of the day, we want to see all these guys perform. We oh, want to see all these guys putting up blockbuster numbers because that's fun too. Yeah. Absolutely you know? it is. We want nothing but the best for these guys in their careers, you know, for hey, sure. How come uh, we don't have somebody who scored 12 points on here as a quarterback? Just saying. <laughs> Didn't somebody oh, score 12 points? You're talking about Pat Mahomes? I we'll, we'll am talk talking about, about your boy. We'll talk about, we'll talk about Patrick in a little bit. Yeah. He's a little bit later. <laughs> boy, this is just going to be the back and forth banter show, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's the idea, Don. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk, some, let's talk some running backs this week. Some week seven, week seven running back duds. All right. Let's get some running backs. Bring uh, us that list. Jarek McKinnon coming in with negative point one points. I mean, yeah, uh, like we were talking about earlier, you know, it, it it should be wheels up with Wilson going down. Um, it shouldn't have been wheels down in the first place. But hey, you know, it, San Francisco, it, you're they're not gonna they're not gonna do it for you every week, okay? Uh, Kenyon Drake with four point six. He went down with an ankle injury. wasn't looking spectacular before that. It's Chase Edmonds time. It, it's it's yeah. been coming. We've been talking mm-hmm. about it. I'm Jason, ready for it. And the yeah, great I'm the great part it. it is is you can really go after Edmonds because I think he's coming up on a buy. But um, Edmonds has got that backfield uh, targets like on lockdown, right? Whereas Drake was in and out, not really getting the targets out of the backfield like we expected. And that's that's what was really handcuffing his his high value that he was projected to have. He was projected to be a top 10 back. It's the fact that he wasn't getting the receiving work with DeAndre Hopkins coming in. Mm-hmm. Chase Edmonds had been getting a lot of that receiving work in, gosh, I, I don't know, the last three, four weeks now. And so, yeah, with, with Drake out of the way, Edmonds is going to be a great play. He's, he's borderline RB1 territory. Like that, yeah, that that valuable of a handcuff. We've been talking about it as a yeah, valuable handcuff. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, Josh Jacobs come in with 4.6 points. All I have to say is I hate John Gruden. Yeah, I love that note too. Uh, Zeke with 5.6 points against Washington. Them boys couldn't get anything going at all on offense, and this might be a problem. Yeah. I don't know that this gets much better moving Mm-mm. forward. And Zeke's starting to get to the point where he's becoming a, re- a liability in the passing game. Tony Pollard is starting to pick up a lot of that passing game work as well. Mm-hmm. I'm look. I'm not. Look, I'm not projecting for Zeke to lose a ton of touches to Tony Pollard here, but I got to say the red flags for Zeke are are starting to pile up to an insurmountable amount. I mean, yep. with that offensive line, no quarterback play. Yeah. I think he's going to have a seventh round rookie at the helm next week with Dalton in his concussion. Mm-hmm. This is going to be rough, man. If you if you can get some good name value for Zeke, you might want to look at trading him now, for sure. He's got a tough schedule coming up. I think he's got Pittsburgh on uh, with Baltimore and Pittsburgh coming up. Both of them. Uh, Devin Singletary coming in with 5.7 points. Okay. My bad. And, yes, now official. It is time to move on, sell for anything you can get, use them to pick up a good waiver wire piece. Devin Singletary is is not getting it done. It, mm-hmm. You know, it, don't waste any more uh, potential points on this guy. In fact, Zach Moss looks like he might be starting to supplant Devin Singletary taking over that backfield. It's not there yet, but it's trending in that direction. And so, either way, they got to get some kind of running game going because Josh oh, yeah. Allen is hurting. You saw his last three weeks. Mm-hmm. He can't do. He can't push the ball downfield without that play action pass. Right. They don't have to worry about the play action because neither of these running backs have been getting it done. Now, to be fair to Zach Moss, he's just recently coming back and he's a rookie. So. Keep an eye on him over the next couple of weeks. You might want to stash him now and just in case he does hit, but he might end up taking over the majority of the workload there and be the only running back that you can start if you can start anybody, and that's a big if. We'll see. We'll see how things develop. Let's talk some wide receiver duds of the week, and we're going to come over here and lead us off. So we got Chase Claypool at negative .7. Yeah, he drew the Malcolm Butler coverage. You know, (laughs) Um, it's just kind of – the way the cookie crumbled in this one, and you know what? I hate how this offense runs. It, you know, ben, Big Ben can support as many fantasy options as you want him to. Really, he's done it. Yeah, and <laughs> throughout his oh, illustrious yeah. career. And so, you know, I what I don't like is that 
these guys have so many mouths to feed, and usually that's a deterrent from attacking any of these fantasy targets, right? But there are certain teams that have enough fantasy production and enough offensive production that you can still go after these guys anyway mm-hmm. and still get at least a solid floor out of them, right? They spread the wealth around. That's not what the Steelers have been doing this season. So far, they've been just... They, they pick somebody, they hyper-target these two guys, and it's a different set of two guys in every game. And it's making it impossible to predict. I mean... Deontay Johnson, every time he's in, he's been the one who's been hyper-targeted, but he keeps getting hurt. And so it's it's tough to say where they're going to go with the ball because you can't even do it based on the defensive matchups, right? I wouldn't have figured that Malcolm Butler, that Chase Claypool would draw the Malcolm Butler coverage, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would figure that they would move him around to get open. I, he really didn't get a lot of opportunities. I think he only really had the one target. I don't even think he had anything outside of that. It was just weird one. that they did... Pittsburgh just lets players disappear, and it's entirely mm-hmm. too frustrating. And so the, the weirdest part is Deontay Johnson might be the only receiving target that you can trust. <laughs> How odd is that? Uh, yeah. At least James mm-hmm. Conner has been just lighting it up because yeah. really it's the James Conner show back there. So uh, at least there's that. Sure. All right, who else do we have in the uh, wide receiver category? Uh, we've got C.D. Lamb at point one. I'm okay with that. That's, That's a positive number. Yeah. A small one, but a positive <clears throat> number. At you didn't get your negative? Mm. Um, I mean, it's just another piece tied to a train rock offense. Yeah. It just, oof. Um, then we got Mike Williams at point nine. Um, he is really like Mike Evans' like light version of him. I Just up and down, all over the place. Yeah, if, um, you know, if Mike Evans is the Corvette, then... Uh, Mike Williams is totally the Camaro. I could see that. You know, and I I, I have Mike Evans, so I understand the up, down, up, down, up, down. I'm getting dizzy with him on my lineup. It's infuriating to put him in your lineup, though. It is. It is. You know, but when he hits big, he hits big. But when he doesn't, it hurts. It hurts to look at. Um, And then just a few honorable mentions. We've got Jerry Judy, who let me down. Or dishonorable. You know, yeah. We've got Jerry Judy, three points. DJ Chark, 3.1. DJ Metcalf. Or DJ. DK Metcalf. <laughs> DK. Uh, 3.3. We got Mike Evans, <clears throat> like I was saying, 4.7. And then we got Robert Woods, 4. You know, and I was okay with that 4. Really happy he didn't blow up. <laughs> really <laughs> yeah, happy. That's, that's what ended up winning you your week. It is. Yeah, for sure. And that keeps you in first place, doesn't it? It does. I am in oh first place. Oh, my goodness. I am 6-1. and one. Oh. Very mm-hmm. nice. Very nice. <laughs> all right, let's round out our duds category. Let's talk some tight ends because not all of our tight ends this week had tight end day. They can't all be winners, Don. No, they cannot. And let's let's talk about some of those not so much winners. Speaking of losers, Darren Fells not targeted you at him all. That. I was I was giving him a little bit <laughs> a little bit of courtesy here, but all right. Darren, let's hear about the loser. <laughs> Darren Fells not targeted at all, man. I mean, come on. How do you how are you not frustrated with that? Back to back strong performances and he comes out 78% snap percentage. He was on the field, yeah. not yeah, a single just, target in a game where they well, just got destroyed by Green Bay. And that's a common oh, yeah. theme we're going to see with a couple names on here is they're on the field. They are there ready. And these are guys that will get it done. So is this a trust the process thing, Don? I'm thinking this maybe <laughs> Maybe that's exactly what this is. Yeah, I mean, look at John John U. Smith, 1.4 points. 70% of snaps in his return, and presumably he's healthy-ish. You know, it, with John again, he's been great. He's had two down weeks in a row. So, you know, he's coming back from that that that, that injury and just uh, give him some patience, I think. You know, this this offense is putting up a ton of points. John wasn't really necessarily had to get anything done there, so... Um, Hunter Henry coming in with 3.8 points. Hunter Henry's another guy that's been rising on my boards. You know, saw seven targets in this game, but only caught three of them for 23 yards, you know? So the, the, the volume backing for these guys is there. And, you know, speaking of which, Travis Kelsey is the last name on this list. The, the, the king tight end. 4.6 points, only three targets. Now he caught all three for 31 mm-hmm. yards. But this is a game where the Chiefs put up 43 points. Even Mahomes only got 12 points. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This was just a weird game. Everybody poops. Yep. My daughter's got a book on it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that'll do it for this week's studs and duds for week seven, but looking forward ahead towards week eight, we have one of my favorite segments of the show, start stash or trash. That's where we're going to go through some analysis of some players and some matchups. Let you know if you've got these guys, should you start them? Should you stash them, hold on to them on a bench spot until a future week or trash them straight off of your lineup? Get rid of them entirely. And I want to start with Jimmy G at Seattle. Start. Start. Easy enough. Moving forward. uh, We got Burrow versus Tennessee. 
Start. Start. Okay. We Keep have it simple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have interesting one here. Matt Ryan at Carolina. So much for simple. Actually, no, it's pretty simple. Uh, just watch for Julio, man. Yeah. Um, it really, it's when who this year at least when Julio's in, Matt Ryan's great. When yep. Julio's not, Matt Ryan's not. There you go. There's your indicator. That's all you need to know. Uh, how about uh, Cam Newton at Buffalo? Cam Newton at Buffalo is um, that. See, the, this guy is. I'm probably not starting this guy till at least after the Baltimore in Week Ten, and so, you know. <sighs> He's one of those – at this point, I think he's in down relegated down to that quarterback streamer category, and I'm not even sure that you can stream him right now. It's a mess. It's a mess. And you you honestly can't trust it until it starts to – the ship starts to right itself, right? Yeah. But, I mean, he's putting up single digits, man, and low single digits at that. You can't uh, – Disappointing. No, you got, you got to stay away from there until they figure that stuff out. And, I, honestly, I don't think it's going to come until after, at least after week 10. All righty. How about going up to Green Bay – Captain Kirk playing up there. Yeah, I'm trashing the captain. Really? Even after coming off of that over 26-point week against Atlanta before their bye? Yeah, but you got to remember, Green Bay is not Atlanta, right? You've got Green Bay's pass rush is going to destroy Minnesota's dysfunctional offense. It It's just bad. Okay. Okay. I hear you. <laughs> and i'm a bears fan well well, well put <laughs> you yeah. know I, I mean i'm a bears fan i don't really want to say that much about green bay but i mean they're definitely better than atlanta all righty moving right along we got matthew stafford versus indy what do you think yeah with with this one i'm gonna it's a stash or stash trash slash trasher uh you know this guy's a streamer and so he doesn't have too bad of a schedule over the next four weeks, but uh, it just depends on your roster. It depends on your roster construction. Um, it, if you're if you're looking to play him, yeah, you 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 can probably I would say I recommend stashing him this week against Indy. But over the next four weeks, if you were intending on using him, you can hold on to him for that. If not, you know, go ahead and send him to the wire. You know, just do your thing. Whatever's best for your team in a one quarterback league, you don't really want to hold on to two quarterbacks unless you happen to have a really strong second mm-hmm. piece. And in which case, you might want to consider moving him you know get some kind of strong value that you could that your team could use yeah good advice there how about this one david montgomery versus new orleans i'm stashing you know uh, bear's about to be on a three-game losing streak i'm not i'm not messing with any of that anytime soon that's fair well i'm definitely going over here for this next one uh and i want you to tell me melvin gordon versus la you know, I got to start, you know, Lindsey being out, he's looking at being the number one. He, he doesn't really have to share his touches with Lindsey anymore. So let's just hope he stays out of trouble. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's looks pretty good when he's on the field. But, yeah, we'll see what I – mean, we still haven't heard anything from that DUI business. Yep. So we'll, we'll see what's – And he was out with strep throat. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that wasn't a little suspicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. All right, how about a uh, – a juicy matchup at the Giants. We've got Rojo, Ronald Jones. Yeah, I'll go with another start here. Um, you know, I understand that Fournette outtouched him last week, and based on what I saw, I still think that it's. I, I definitely think that Rojo is still the RB one on this team. And in a softer matchup like this, I don't. I think that they can lean on Rojo a little bit more, and they don't really need to. Um, Use Fournette. Uh, Fournette's kind of been like the more of the passing game work because Rojo obviously is dropping everything, and so I, I I don't expect to see Fournette on the field too much in this game. I expect this to be just kind of the Bucks slapping the the Giants around. You saw what happened last time the Bucks won big. Rojo had a nice big week. So granted, that was without Fournette. So this will be exactly what we want to see. Okay, here's someone I am excited to see do well. Let's see if that sticks around uh how about deandre swift versus indy this week yeah i'm stashing he came crashing back down to earth last week with only 13 touches for a combined 48 yards in a soft matchup though he did get the td so the thing about the running backs is the landscape is so thin it's it's Mm -hmm. you know you're scrambling for somebody to start so if you're in a pinch and you need to start somebody you can start him and he may Get you low double digits, right? But based on the volume, based on the three-headed monster still going on in back there, the things haven't shaked up right yet. It, we're still waiting. We're still in the patience phase. And this is Indy. They're ranked fifth against the run. I'm stashing DeAndre Swift. Okay. I think this will be a bit of an interesting one. We've got Lev Bell going up against the Jets. 
Yeah, so it's still a little early. It's still a little early, but, you know, Lev Bell last week, he had six touches. He was in on 33% of snaps, got a total of 39 yards on those six touches. That's that's not bad, you know. Um, going against the Jets, that could be a little bit of a revenge game thing. Yeah. You know, either way, I expect this to be a blowout, right? And so how much do you realistically need to use Edwards Hilaire? I mean, Vegas has this as a blowout. Was it 25 points? I think, I, I think 25, that, the, yeah. <laughs> that the Chiefs are expected to wow. win by. Yeah, that's it's it's ridiculous. Ouch. That's that's yeah. usually the combined score in some of these games we see. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a nightmare for the Jets. And so, uh, for this is the Chiefs. Anything could happen, and Lev Bell is good. Yeah. So. Let's see what happens. If 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 I'm not saying to bench anybody or go after this matchup, but if you need uh if you need someone to start the ring back position of love balls all you got, go ahead and roll with it. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I'm gonna be keeping an eye on that game. I wanna see how that goes. I think that could be a fun game to watch. Anything could happen in that one, yeah, for sure. Yep. All right, this next one with uh with CMC expected to miss again, what do we think about Mike Davis versus Atlanta? Yeah, it's a juicy mass matchup. Yeah, mass up. Yeah, and it's a juicy mass up. <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah, no, Mike Davis is a start against Atlanta for sure. Absolutely, with CMC missing, absolutely. You know, now would actually almost be uh, if you haven't already, or um, now would be a great time to actually trade Mike Davis to the CMC owner because you know you pretty much got your worth out of him is to the point that you were expecting to, right? If the CMC. It, it, the CMC owner should realize by this point that if he goes down again, he's mm-hmm. going to need Mike Davis. Oh, yeah. At this point, a lot of owners were expecting CMC to come back for this Atlanta matchup. I know I was. And so I was p- counting on having that big week from my running back position you know, in that matchup in this week. I, that When I was looking ahead and planning ahead, that's what I was planning for. So you might could catch a CMC owner scrambling. You might be able to talk them into some long-term season-long value for Mike Davis that you're really not going to get past another week, maybe two. You know, so, yeah, now, now would be a great time to move him if you had not already. All it's right. like kind of like round two for that. <laughs> All right, this next one up here. How about Brandon Ayuk at Seattle? Ayuk and- yeah, I'm going to start. I'm starting now. You can. Uh, Debo's likely to miss, and uh, Seattle's ranked 32nd against the pass. Okay. The Beasles. The Beasles. Cole Beasley. Beasles. Versus New England. Yeah, it sounds like a tough matchup, and it seems like a scary one, but I'm going to go ahead and start him here, actually, because, you know, Gilmore should be plastered on Diggs all game. I don't really see any reason why he should ever come off of Diggs, right? And so Beasley should have quite a solid floor in this one, even if the offense struggles. He'll have everything will be open to him underneath. And, you know, 16.7 points last week on 12 targets, that's kind of hard to ignore. Right. That kind of that shocked me a little bit. I was, I was surprised watching those numbers start to climb. I told you it was coming. Why does this stuff continue to shock you? Because, well, I don't know. You need to learn that. I thought you just said you watched the show. I listened to the show while we're recording it. <laughs> Clearly not well enough. No, no, I mean, yeah, I was expecting good, but... No, you're right. No, just, 12 targets, That's that was uh, a little monstrous, for sure. Yeah, it was just a, it was slightly higher than I expected. But maybe it, maybe it more surprised me that uh, I had him riding the bench because I had other names that I was like, it's tough yeah, to start him over the good. right. Beasles is not the sexy play. You right. know what I mean? He's he's the he's the floor play when you need the, a gap filler. Now, if you have three studs at wide receiver, start your three studs. Uh, Beasles is probably not going to outproduce them. Well, yeah, but he will from week, time I to time. I did have three studs at wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, DJ Chark's been a little yeah. man. He's he's having a rough season. I was really hoping he'd get that consistency in. And it, nope, same. We're we're looking at the same stuff we saw last season. But it it is nice to know that I do have Beasley there. When I need him. For sure. So, all right, moving moving right along, we have Richard Rogers versus Dallas. Yeah, he's going to be a start as well. It looks like Goddard's uh, going to be out until about week 10 now. Um, yeah, that's just that's a projection. Be soft on that. You know, there is a chance that he plays this week. But um, keep an eye on that. I, I, would, I would plan for not having Goddard back until week 10. And in the meantime, yes, as long as Goddard's out, Richard Rogers is a streamable start. Absolutely. I don't care what the matchup is. Okay. How about uh, Robert Tanyan versus Minnesota? Stash. Uh, if you can. So, okay. So, here's the thing with him. Only four points each of the last two weeks. So, it looks like that huge game was a blip. We expected to see him get some kind of targets because of there's nobody in Green Bay to catch the ball other than Devontae Adams. Right. And somebody else has to catch the ball, right? 
And apparently so, not. <clears throat> evidently not. But he and only did so well because Jones was out. And that's, <laughs> that's what I'm going with. And they're still winning. That's the sad part. Yeah. But I'd use this as a determining week for him in the in, in because of the tight end landscape and wasteland that is the tight end position typically. Right. It it's really hard to predict which tight ends are going to get the touchdown from week after week. What we've seen with Tanyan with Rod because it's Rodgers at the helm now. If it was almost any other quarterback, I'd say, yeah, no, just go ahead and dump him. Don't even worry about it, right? But I'm saying you can still hold on to him. You can stash him. Heck, you can even play him if you have to because you have Rodgers. Minnesota's a soft mashup, but I just – I'm looking to stash him until he gets a little bit of normalcy mm-hmm. because all we've seen is up and down so far, and it, he's he's very blippy. So we got we to gotta get some kind of a pattern going here. Okay. That's all. Just a couple more real quick. Uh, how about Jonu Smith at Cincy? Yeah, I'm starting him. Uh, I'm I'm confident in Jonu Smith. I know he's gotten less than two points in each of the last two weeks, but uh, I'm, I'm confident with Jonu Smith, especially against Cincy. Are you kidding me? Tannehill's going to go off. Yeah. Everybody's going to have a field day. All right, and finally, seeing um, some pretty good usage, pretty good snap percentage last week, Eric Ebron going up against Baltimore. Yeah, he's a tight end streamer, and this is not the game you stream him in. So, you know, stash or trash, as you will. All righty. Well, that'll do it for this week's Start, Stash, or Trash. If you'd like to see a matchup listed among our Start, Stash, or Trash candidates, please feel free to get in touch with us. Leave leave a comment below, or make sure you get in touch with us via email or on Twitter, and we will answer your matchup questions right here in this segment but right now it is time to move on to the wire and talk some deep diver waiver targets as we move into week eight these are going to be some of the guys that either are stream positions and have favorable matchups coming up or some names that might still be sticking around you might be able to snag if someone has overlooked or maybe dropped earlier in the season we've got some names for you to take a look for and starting us off with some of our quarterback stream options for this week, uh, we've got Teddy Bridgewater versus Atlanta. It was over 20 points the last time they played. So it should be, a, should be for a pretty good matchup this mm-hmm. coming week. Uh, we've got uh, Brady will be a good option again this week going up against the Giants. No. For sure. Yeah. The Giants. Uh, and finally, uh, Derek Carr at Cleveland. has been around the 20-point mark in four out of six games. Yeah. It should be uh, relatively... Yeah, Cleveland's not a matchup that scares me. No. no. I mean, keep in mind, guys, these are only... A f- we're giving you a few options. There are definitely more yeah. out there. But it really... It, honestly, this is waiver-dependent. It depends on what your wire looks like. So these are just a few names to go take a peek-ski at. But yeah. obviously, if you see someone that are better, go with the better one. Yeah. Obviously, you know the names that get talked about earlier in the show. These are some of the other guys that... This week... Go ahead. Pick them up. Give them a shot. All right, now let's talk about uh, a couple names from our running backs. Yeah, just a few here. Uh, I'm not going to go too deep onto the running. There, there's there's quite a few guys that you can take a look at. Um, I'm going to stick with Michael Hasty from San Francisco. Uh, I guess a little bit dependent on Tevin Coleman. But like I said, he's been looking good. And with the way the San Francisco backfield's been, if you're running back needy, you might as well just pick him up and mm-hmm. just hold at least hold him for now. Uh, Carlos Hyde versus San Francisco. He'll be great with uh, Chris Carson gone as long as – Hyde can stay healthy, and he, like I said, he's a little bit banged up. And then uh, Lamichael Pirine uh, at K- Kansas City. I'm not saying that you should play him in this game against Kansas City, but at this point, I think that we can no longer ignore Lamichael Pirine. I think that he at least needs to be on rosters. Yeah, he's looking good. He's he's looking okay. This Jets offense is not something I want to trust yet, but you know, His again, name keeps coming up. It's a name that keeps coming up, and, and and also, like I said, running backs are just so thin. Yeah, you know, you got to take them where you can get them. And if this guy's getting for guaranteed volume, then you can't just let that go away. You got you, you got to take a shot at that. Yeah, I feel like this year more than ever, I've, I've been having a tricky season with running backs. And, tell me about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of tricky, uh, before we, I let you get out of this part here, I want to bring up Wayne Gallman from uh, against Tampa Bay. I'm not looking to stream Wayne Gallman this week against Tampa Bay, okay? I don't know what's going on with Devontae Freeman, if he's going to play or not, right? He's questionable. Mm -hmm. And so if he misses, Gallman would be, you know, the lead dog, presumably. But this is Tampa Bay. They've literally been shutting down every freaking running back that they've gone against, (laughs) no matter what their caliber. And Gallman on the Giants is Mm -hmm. not what I'm going to use to test that matchup. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very fair point. All right, let's talk some wide receivers. We'll come over here. All right, so we've got Zach Pascal at Detroit. You know, he went 13.4 against Cincy in week six and had seven targets. Um, we also have Rashard Higgins 
uh, versus Las Vegas. Now, he's worth a speculative ad, okay? Donovan Peoples-Jones is in deeper formats as well. Um, but like we were saying earlier, Richard Higgins um, is kind of your better bet. Yeah, they're gonna both going to be a little bit streaky. Because with, with Mayfield, it's he's kind of hit or miss, mm-hmm. and so his options are going to go with that. He's going to spread it around a little bit. It's going to be hard to predict either of these two guys. But But if you're just in a pinch and you have nobody to play, these guys shouldn't goose you. I like how you say that. Theory. Shouldn't. Shouldn't. Goose you. Have we seen what's gone on so far this season? <laughs> <laughs> Everything just is crazy. Um, we also have Kendrick Bourne at Seattle. If Debo misses. Yeah, yeah I'm looking at Ayukin. If uh, either way. But yeah, if Debo misses, then Bourne might be another option. I mean... Kittle is still the number one target there, so Ayuk was really going to mop up after that. And so Bourne, though, has been known to vulture a touchdown or two. Uh, he does that. He did it a ton last season. So he's a good red zone target. So I mean, Seattle is 32nd against wide receivers. For sure. So yeah. keep that in mind. Um, and last, we've got Preston Williams. Um, it is a tough matchup against the Rams. Um, Devontae Parker is pretty banged up, but... Preston Williams should see more targets because of it. Yeah, well, and plus we got Tua starting, so we don't know what that's going to look like either. Oh, and I'm so, excited for Tua. Yep. Yeah, no, I'm super excited for Tua too. So I'm you know, jelly, I'm a little Tua, jelly. Tua, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> um, yeah, I think Preston Williams you could roll with if Devon, if Devontae Parker misses. You know, uh, he's 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 been trending up, and uh, this might be a good matchup to to check him out against mm-hmm. for sure. All right, and rounding us out in our deep diver waiver wire targets, we've got another stream position, our tight ends, and I'd say just take it away. Yeah, I'm just going to roll through these real quick. Uh, you know, Richard Rodgers, we already talked about. He's going against Dallas this week. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, that's you, you should play him. Uh, Mike Kosicki's got a <laughs> tough matchup, yes. but... So that means actually that means you can play him because evidently Mike Kosicki only shows up in the tough matchups, <laughs> the ones that you're not supposed to play him. Right. So we're going to go with the opposite and play him. Man, I hope that doesn't turn out bad. Jared Cook against Chicago. That's actually, you know, Chicago's surprisingly weak against tight end. Jared Cook could be a, a good play again this week. Uh, the Gronk at New York. I mean, come on, it's the Giants. Right. And then Hayden yeah, Hurst should be usable again at, in Carolina. All righty. Well, there we go. You have our picks for our deep diver waiver wire targets going into week eight. Go ahead and check your waivers, see if any of these guys are available, or see if any of them are going to become available in the next few days. Maybe you can snag one of them and be ready for what's coming up in the future weeks. We now move on to our Hold Your Horses segment, where we're going to tell you a bit about some players that you may be ready to get rid of, you may be ready to get too big on, and maybe you want to roll that back and dial it back in just dial it back bit. just a little bit or i guess more aptly rain it in rain it in oh Here we go. like that oh, yeah. rain it in. see i'm not the only one that can come up with a horse puns for this one <laughs> all right well we've got it and leading us off in the name here we've got baker baker and, oh. and tell us about baker this week baker uh, yeah look uh, look what he's done let's just look at his stats throughout Every game leading up to this week look i'd love to get excited about 30.8 points on five tds that is spectacular but it's also Cincy. Right. And, you know, OBJ got lost at sea in that game. You know, it, it, it it's still Cleveland. Okay. They're, they're going to be a little bit up and down. They're going, they're going to destroy in the soft matchups and they're going to struggle in the hard match. It's like the, it's like another version of, it's the AFC version of the bears is basically what's going on there. I do love his commercials though. <laughs> <laughs> they are kind of funny, aren't they? I love them. <laughs> Uh, well, and if that's not enough reason to <laughs> roster someone. I mean, that's the only they reason, make right? really good commercials. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, other quarterbacks have really good ones, and then some don't, like your quarterback. Pat, Mahomes? With Troy Palomalu? The, the, uh, what is the, the shampoo one? Yep. Right? I forget, I, I forget their name because they're not a sponsor. Right. <laughs> He's also doing the State Farm commercials now, too, isn't he? Yeah, with Aaron Rodgers, too. Mm. I mean, come on. See, Aaron Rodgers makes it, though. It's the only reason nah, it's, it's a good Pat. commercial. It's Mm-mm. Pat. Mm-mm. No, no, it's the new Jake. That's what's making it. Oh, God. And next week, we'll feature a segment on NFL players doing TV commercials. Because why not? Because apparently, we've got to figure this out. (laughs) (laughs) But moving back to hold your horses, I'm going to hold my horses on Antonio Gibson because he's on a bye. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha, suckers. 
<laughs> wheels up next uh, following uh, following the bye against the Giants. He'll be wheels up, man. And enjoy the ride with him. <laughs> Josh Jacobs, though, and Gruden's Grinch-like shenanigans. Look, don't go fire se- fire selling to the highest bidder yet. Wait until next week after he plays Cleveland first. <laughs> right, so Maybe. actually, the rest of his season, you know, is is fairly friendly. But you know, with Gruden, you just got to hang tight and you know curse him every second of every day. Yeah, the the rest of his season schedule is is as honestly, it's not too bad. I think he uh, he's got Indy in there like a time or. or um, He's got Indian there. He's got some other uh, uh, defenses that are a little bit. But he's got Cleveland twice, I think. Is it Cleveland twice? No, it couldn't be. I, I, I'm forgetting off the top of my head. I'm struggling here. But the fact is, if you look at his rest of the season schedule, it's really not overly scary. It's got a couple of tough matchups, a couple of okay matchups, and then some softballs too. It's really nothing to be scared of. Is Josh Jacobs is supposed to be an RB1. RB1s are supposed to be the guys that you you start your stuff. Supposed studs. to be. Yeah. Supposed to be, right? Look at the coaches. I know. And that's why <laughs> it's so freaking frustrating. And so it's like, I think you just got to roll with it, man. Yeah. I think you just got to roll with it. Harrison Bryant rounding us out here as the third tight end on this ridiculous Browns team. Look, Austin Hooper is out. He had the appendectomy. Harrison Bryant actually showed up earlier in the season two when Austin missed a little bit of time. And so with David Njoku still that now if, if if Najoku was not on the team and he had gotten traded like he's asking to again, I think. I think there was some buzz about the Patriots going after him. Um, yes, okay, sure. Harrison Bryant, why not? Especially with OBJ out, right? But Austin Hooper will be coming back. David Najoku is still a part of this offense. Jarvis Landry, Rashad Rashad Higgins, you know, uh, Peoples-Jones, they're all spreading the ball. And then this is supposed to be a running team first. Kareem Hunt is going to get the lion's share of the work. I don't know why this team refuses to like put the game on his shoulders and just let him carry the load because he can do that, and that would help Baker a lot. But be that as it may, <laughs> Harrison Bryant is just not where I want to put my chips right now. He's a rookie tight end. It's great to see a rookie tight end flash like this early in his career. Are yeah. you kidding me? This just does not happen quite often. But bring it back in just a little bit. Just a little bit. All right. There you go. You got a couple of names to keep in the stable. Those are Hold Your Horse candidates coming off of Week 7, going into Week 8. Moving on to our next segment, our DFS Smash Plays, going into Week 8. This is our segment for all of you daily fantasy players where we try and tell you some of the big plays to try and win you some money because then maybe we win you some money, you tell some other people about us, and we win them some money too. I like it. Right? Let's do it. Sounds good. Let's start us off. Let's let's talk quarterbacks. Give me some quarterbacks. All right. Well, haven't I said enough? Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill against Cincy. Anybody against Cincy. <laughs> They're just going to light it up. Uh, Jimmy, G, Jimmy G could be the sneaky play if you need a cheaper quarterback option. Peanut, why don't you give us some running backs, though? So if you look at Derrick Henry, Kareem Hunt, and Dalvin Cook are all gimme, gimme, gimme if you can squeeze them into your budget. Um, there's also Jonathan Taylor, you know, solid mid-range. Um, Love Bell is your cheap dark horse. Again, got to be careful with Love Bell. We don't. 100% know how that's all going to go. Yeah, that's a boom-bust play for sure. Yes. It's either going to win you your week or you're not going to get anything out of it. But that's why it's a cheap well, play. And it, may, it may free up some of your budget Ex- for, for elsewhere. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. All right, let's talk about some uh, wide receivers and tight ends as well. Not saying this name again. Yeah, for the wide go receivers, ahead, yeah, we'll uh, I have uh, <laughs> Devontae Adams as the clear smash play. While Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore, Travis Fulgham, Fulham, Brandon Ayukin, and T. Higgins should provide excellent compliments to look for. Uh, for tight end, you have uh, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and George Kittle, if Jamal Adams reigns out, are the big tight end plays to make. Otherwise, you have the cheap options with uh, Richard Rodgers and do a price check on Johnny Smith. He might actually be really cheap this week. Yeah. You, they, they, both of those would be excellent options to roll with this week. I'd almost prefer that over the high price guys. Yeah. There you go, all you DFS players. Those are our smash plays of the week. If you hit big... Let me rephrase. When you hit big, we want to know what kind of money you had on the line and what kind of money we just made you. Go ahead and post that down below in the comments. We cannot wait to hear how your DFS week played out for you. Now, before we get to the end of the show, we always like to take a little trip down Lakeshore Drive to the hometown corner and talk about our Chicago Bears because we wouldn't be the shy guys if we didn't we didn't talk a little Chicago Bears. Mm. Yeah, I'm not too happy with them this week. That yeah. Monday night game was atrocious, wasn't it? 
It was so fun to watch. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. I'm just, I am so beyond frustrated with watching Matt Nagy's scheme and his play calling and just, just all of it. I, you know, you've heard people yelling about three different aspects of the Bears' offense, right? It was, it's almost like it, you're a guy that is either upset with the play calling, you're a guy that's upset with the coaches, or you're a guy that's upset with the quarterback, right? And it's almost like whatever you were upset about, that was the problem, right? Well, we've pretty much changed up almost everything we can, and here we are. Well, fear basically came to fruition last week's matchup as as the Rams other dominated the Chicago Bears in all three phases. The the offense completely sputtered trying to get anything going. Uncomfortable isn't even near enough strong enough adjective for how Foles looks behind the helm. Uh, you know, they they can't they need to figure out a way to get Monty in some space without defenders like in his face every time mm-hmm. he touches the ball he's got multiple defenders standing right in front of just him waiting just waiting for him just waiting for him it's ridiculous now at some point Monty needs to make the first man miss okay that's something that all good running backs need to do right but every single play is freaking stupid it's just stupid you know stop using Corderell Patterson on the offense he's not good on offense fantastic special teamer one maybe one of the best of all time uh, legit those. as we learned with Devin Hester that doesn't necessarily mean they're good on offense we've learned this lesson before why do we keep going back to this you know Demetrius Harris as well like seriously can can those just be Cole Komet targets from now on like for real I, I'm sick of watching Demetrius Harris trot out there look like an elephant trying to get through his route and then dropping the ball Komet has been looking phenomenal. Yes. Phenomenal. Yes. I, I thought for sure Komet was going to have a massive week on, on Monday. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to use him in Demetrius Harris's spot, let him be opposite of Graham, and just roll with it. I'm waiting for him to blow up. I yeah. mean, I have him in Dynasty, and I'm just, I'm waiting, and I'm yeah. waiting, and I'm waiting. For sure. Ooh. I'm. He's going to, he should have a good career. I'm really excited about him. So, you know. On the defensive side of the ball, things aren't much better. You know, I, this passive bend but don't break bull crap philosophy that I've been yelling about from Coach Pagano just got this defense murdered. Yes. We saw it in this game. We saw them do both. Every time they went passive and gave them everything underneath, the Rams just wrecked them and, and, and mm-hmm. you know, drove down the majority of the field. Then we would do our don't break stuff. We'd start rushing the passer. We'd get upfield, get up after golf, you know, really crowd the box. Lo and behold, then they'd punt. Except we already gave up all the yardage. So now we're stuck inside the five-yard line every single time they punt. It murdered us. Straight up murdered us. You saw it at the end of the game when they were in comeback mode in the fourth quarter. The Bears defense did, I don't care where you're out on the field. I'm just going to go up after you. Yep. That's what I've been like trying to tell them. To say. I don't care about down and distance. Get up after the quarterback. With this team, the only way this defense wins is when they're aggressive. Look at what Vic Vangio did in 2018 when our defense was king shit. Okay, get up, get after the quarterback, get furious, get upfield, get dominant. That is what they're not doing until it's they're situationally doing. And I get it. You don't want to wear out your players. Khalil Mack's got some back problems. He needed some time off. I get all that. I don't care. It's a mentality thing with these guys. These guys want to get up and get after the ball. Let them go. You got to let these guys loose. It's killing us. At the end of the day, if I'm Ryan Pace... You know, I'm I'm going up to Matt Nagy and I'm saying, hey, look, you're you're giving up play calling duties, dude. It's it's not a question anymore. This something needs to change. Michael Thomas is coming back healthy next week. The Saints are coming to Chicago healthy this time. They wrecked us with Teddy Bridgewater and no Alvin Kamara last year. Yep. Wrecked us. Okay. This is a healthy Saints team. This is going to be a tough one. This is going to be a hang on for dear life game. And you know, I'm telling you, with Tennessee coming up the week after this one. You know we're going to be on a three-game losing streak very easily unless something drastically changes on offense. And odds are, Maggie's not going to change crap. Put Trubisky back in. Put Trubisky. Nah, back I, mean, in. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going there. <laughs> but like this Demetrius Harris thing, why not just use Cole Komet? You know this Cordell Patterson thing. Why are we going back to that well? This offensive line thing. Why are we starting Rashad Coward at left guard? I, <laughs> The same stuff that he keeps doing, the same things that don't work time after time. He doesn't like the change of stuff, and he needs to give up play calling. So something's got to give, man. Something's got to give. Look at their punt returning. Oh, oh yeah. With Gannon, or lack thereof. Oh, that was ridiculous. I mean, how many times did he let the ball just like... I don't want to touch it. I don't want to touch it. <laughs> he, he could have downed us between like the 10 and 15 multiple times, and then we get pinned inside the five. It's like, 
every time because he just w- just wouldn't call for the fr- wouldn't even go near the ball. What is up with that? Who does that? I think the ball had cooties. He didn't want to catch the cooties. <laughs> <laughs> cooties. <laughs> nice. And well, that's cooties. kind of the theme for the year, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think cooties is a perfect wrap up for the show, don't yeah. you? <laughs> we'll we'll end we'll end the hometown corner on cooties, <laughs> and that'll bring us to the end of episode seven, week seven of the twenty twenty. Shy Guys Fantasy Football Podcast season. Before we go, we want to make sure you're, again, aware of the bye weeks that are coming up. We have the Arizona Cardinals, Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston, Texas, Tex- sorry, Houston Texans. Texas Houstons. Texas Houstons. And uh, the the team who shall not be named, which is, you know, the, the Washington. Washington. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Harry Potter team of the NFL. Yeah, really. <laughs> Um, I love it. And we also want to let you know that we are, as we've said before, you just got to make your playoffs. We are coming up to basically the middle of the season. You still have half your season left to go. Even if you're down, you've had a few down weeks. You still, there's plenty of time to get yourself into that playoff. Oh, yeah. As we say every week, you know, don't give up. You know, the final two weeks of the season, if you're more than two games out of the playoffs, okay, you can give up now. But, you know, there's a lot of football left to play. A lot yeah. of football left to play. You can you can find yourself in the top two positions of the league pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, as streaky as everything is, every time there's a good streak, there can always be an opposite bad streak. Miracles happen. Miracles happen, too, for sure. It, there's Crazy stuff has been going on in oh. these games. And this is a rather calm season versus last year. Mm-hmm. Last year was freaking nuts. And so... Yeah, no, just be funny a, how 2020 would be a calm season, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it depends on what you're looking at, right? But yeah. I'm, I'm saying for fantasy, the the, uh, the way the fantasy season played right, out yeah. last year versus this year. Yeah, it was a crazy year. Though last, last year. year was wild. Yeah. All right. Well, with, with that, we will bring a close to this week's episode of the Shy Guys Football Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, have your questions featured on the show, you can reach us at shyguysfootball at gmail.com you can tweet at us shyguysfootball on twitter or you can leave a comment down below here on youtube we'd love to hear about some of your big wins some of your upsetting losses the questions you have your start sits some waiver targets you may be thinking of send them our way and we will feature them on our show and also don't forget to like subscribe and share the show around we do have some prizes to give away to our subscribers once we hit that magical subscriber count of uh targeted 100 i think we're going for one i think 100 is a good 100 well we do have a box sitting here in the studio with some fun swag for you guys some memorabilia for you to take home all you have to do Subscribe. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that too. What I'm looking at doing is I'd like to honestly, let's make a goal of do it by Christmas. If we can get 100 subscribers by Christmas, we'll pull on Christmas and air it and announce the winners on Christmas Day. Be a nice little Christmas present for everybody. Yeah, I like that. We need 100 subscribers though. And there you go. It's on video, so that's like a contract. Yeah. Good so enough. We got this. We are committed to it. And with that bombshell and the show, good luck going into week eight and week six. Peace out.